This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Spread yeah. it around, dude. Yeah, go ahead. You got to be selfish. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Just dive right into it here. We're going to give you, Eugene's been on hold for like a half hour, and Jonathan put on the screen a quote from Eugene off the air, nobody appreciates Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> we have not been talking about Andrew Wiggins, it's but we, we do frequently on the show, and so this is a little bit random, but you know what, Eugene, we are a community show here in the Twin Cities, and the floor is yours. The Go ahead. The floor is yours, sir. All right, guys. Thanks for taking my call here. Um, so I listen to this show quite a bit. I listen to some other shows in the area. I'm on Twitter. I see everyone trashing Wiggins. And I just want to get this straight. As a 21-year-old, in 2016, he averaged 24 points a game, shooting 46% from the field and 36% from three. Now, you guys, I'm going to pose this question to you. What player do you know has had their best NBA season as a 21-year-old? That's a good question. I would have to do a little digging and a little research. Are you to saying know that, that he peaked when he was 21? No, he's, he's saying that there has to be better ahead of him because nobody peaks at 21. That is exactly what I'm saying. No one peaks at 21. Gotcha. Barring a serious career-ending injury, a type like Derrick Rose had. And that is actually one of the greatest things about Wiggins is he's only missed 10 games in his entire career. And this is one of the reasons why he scored so many points in the NBA. But the fact of the matter is he hasn't been given the opportunity to succeed with the Timberwolves, judging by the fact that we've had four different coaches. We've never had the same scheme. We haven't been playing Wiggins at the same position. When Tibbs was here, he was sitting in the corner, not a part of the offense at all, not moving off ball, not cutting. And before that, with Sam Mitchell, he was much more involved. He had the ball in his hands more. He was able to facilitate more. And he was a lot more engaged, and he played a lot better. I think it says a lot that right after Ryan Saunders took over from Tibbs, he immediately started averaging almost two more rebounds per game, and the effort was increased threefold. And that, I think, is the biggest problem with Wiggins is the effort. But if we can get him to stay engaged for 82 games a year for 40-some minutes, however minutes he's going to play, I think he can be an all-star consistently in this league. If you can do that, if you can go to the Wolves brass right now, Gerson Rosas and Ryan, and you can find a way, the secret sauce, to get this guy to be mentally checked in consistently, Glenn Taylor will pay you $1 million as a starting <laughs> salary. That's the entire problem. So well, I would I think, Go ahead, Eugene. I think the first problem is that he needs to get off the green herb. That's one of his big problems. And I think <laughs> another problem is that Glenn Taylor is just an awful owner overall. We have not retired Kevin Garnett's number. Meanwhile, the Warriors are probably about to retire Sean Livingston's. KD played there for two years, and they're retiring his number. They're retiring Andre Iguodala's number. And he got one finals MVP because (laughs) Steph played like garbage the entire series. And Kevin Garnett is the only player that we've ever had who has done anything in this league. And we still haven't retired his number. Glenn Taylor needs to sell the team right now 
and Wiggins is going to be an all-star next year. Eugene, this is uh, we we should be charging you for this therapy session right now. Are you laying on a couch I right now? I think Eugene needs our help, though. <laughs> I've got a Phoenix box to my left. I'm watching Andrew Whoa. Wiggins highlights. I'm watching Wiggins dunk on Go- Gobert from when he was a rookie. Three dunks in the same game. He posterized him. We haven't seen Wiggins posterize anyone in years. Eugene, man. That was a let it out. It's a great phone call. Let it all out, man. I was going to say this. Thanks right. for the call. I'm not advocating for marijuana use. I'm not telling you it'll make you a better basketball player, but a lot of players in the NBA are smoking weed. Don't blame the weed, dude, that Andrew Wiggins isn't playing good basketball. That is not the problem. Plenty of good basketball players, I will guarantee you, are smoking the green herb, as he put it well, right there. He brings up a great point. By the way, Darius Miles had his his uh, best season when he was about 21 years old. But Eugene's Wolves' point is a great point. A lot of what, what he said is correct. But that, to me, is a very separate um, separate discussion from getting the most from this player who consistently has shown us. I mean, Wiggins' debut for Ryan, okay? Go back and watch that again. It's unbelievable. But it's an indictment. Yeah, no, that's but that's my point. It's an indictment. But that's not, but I'm sorry, that's not an indictment of the Wolves' use of him. It's an indictment of what he can do when he is so inspired to do it. Exactly. And when you when you say, hey, he posterized, you know, um, what's his name from Utah? He, Rudy he, Gobert. Gobert three times in the game. I say, awesome. But again, that's an indictment because you're literally cherry picking the one time when he had the motivation to posterize one of the best defensive bigs in this generation's uh, NBA. And I would I would be careful with points per game. Points per game, very deceiving. There's a lot of hollow scorers out there. Basketball is a timed sport. You only get a finite amount of minutes and shots in a game. So the average team is going to get 80 shots or whatever it is in a game. And if you're hogging all of those shots and missing a large chunk of them or shooting long twos instead of threes or stuff close to the rim, your point total is actually hurting your team because it takes you 20 shots to get your 20 points. If you want to go with efficiency, I know if you're going to call in and and go points per game and say, well, he ranks number eight in points per game or whatever. I can tell you he ranked 276 in player efficiency rating, and he ranked 363rd in effective field goal percentage, which puts into context how efficient you are as an offensive scorer. It's I one lo- of the worst in the NBA. I love stats, and stats are great, and they are instructive at times and helpful. But if you watch a team as much as we watch the Twins or the Wolves, Vikings, there's also certain things that you see, right? And the eye test the eye test cannot be dismissed if you watch a team as consistently as we do. And when it comes to Wiggins' play and his actions and words, we've seen enough. Keep in mind... This is a guy who, in his first game, his rookie year, went into Cleveland, the team that dealt him, and had an unbelievable game. And his quote afterwards was, yeah, of course, that was a motivation game for me. And I read that quote and thought, this is not good. Like, it's, I get the fact that you're not going to have 82 great games, but we can't be picking and choosing at this point in time yeah. which games you're going to, to get up for. The Twins, the bullpen, right? The bullpen statistically is not bad. I, I, I looked it up today. They're sixth in ERA in the American League. They're not bad. But the eye test tells us that if you get into a playoff series, you'd like more. So I think it's very important here to balance what we can tell you statistically from that standpoint with what we see as well. Devin Harris had his best season in his uh, third year in the league. Tariq Evans, as a rookie, averaged 29 points per year. 
and uh, never lived up to that again the rest of his career. So yeah. it wouldn't be unprecedented. And not all of those guys were in their age 21 year, but I'm just saying in their early 20s, they peaked and never matched or outdid that that production ever again. Rajon Rondo? Rare, but not unprecedented. Yeah. He's not on the list I'm looking at. I, I googled uh, NBA one-year wonders. Okay. And these are some of the but names don't confuse, that have come up. But don't, don't confuse your frustration with the franchise, which I completely get and is justified with this kid's lack of development. Yeah. Well, in general... There's separate things here. Whether it's sports or anything else, if you're fighting the good fight of, if we could only get this person to be motivated, you're screwed. There's two types of people in terms of motivation. There's people who who are motivated by their alarm clock going off in the morning, and there's people who need some sort of external thing to motivate them. Like Judd said, oh, Wigan circles the Cavaliers on the calendar because they traded him before he played a game for them. I'm going to go beat the team that drafted me. That's great, and I'm sure that like even Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, the most motivated basketball players of our lives, had extra juice in the tank for when they played certain players or certain teams. But Kobe Bryant's motivation was when the schedule came out. Like, yeah. all right, 82 more games. Right. I'm going to go put up 1,000 shots at 2 o'clock in the morning. Let me go get this MVP. Correct. Yeah. Kevin Garnett would run miles on the beach in bare feet in the offseason, working on his fitness, working on... Different parts of his game. Every year, KG would come to the to to the Timberwolves regular season opener with a new thing, a new club in his bag. Right? Like, when's the last time Andrew Wiggins, if ever, showed up on day one of the regular season with a new club in his bag? Remember when Carl Anthony Towns showed up and it was like, whoa, he's he's hitting six threes a game or whatever. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is a new spin move. Oh, there's KG with a new little spin move off the block fadeaway jumper. And Andrew Wiggins has been playing in the NBA for a half a decade now. He makes $30 million a year. Has he ever showed up game one of one, of, of 82 and made you say, whoa, Wiggins added a little something there to his game. A little, uh, little 40% three-point shooter. A great now, right? quote of all time. I just love my shot. But you're... You're buying back into Wiggins, are you not? No, Haven't I'm, you said that's with the no. new Garrison Rosas regime? At least you're, you at I'm least, buying into Garrison Rosas. You at least have an open mind about Andrew Wiggins and what you think they can do with him. I'm buying into Gerson Rosas, and in fact, good tie-in, the Wolves. We hope that they would give us a parade this week, and they lost last night. I watched that entire game, by the way. So did you see how you watched different the entire that, summer league game? It was a championship game, yes. I it's did. fascinating I did how that. much different and I get that it's not the, the same players. The stylistic the, play is completely oh, I, different. But that matters. Watch some. I can't watch four quarters. I can't watch four quarters of summer league basketball. I it's, mean, my excuse is I watched five hours of World Series of Poker last night. So oh, I thought you kept be, tweeting about it. I thought you yeah. would be uh hooked into the Bachelorette for sure. I watched that too. Okay. Yeah. How late were you up? You want to give us an update? One o'clock in the morning. A little bachelorette update. Wait, hold on a second. So you're you're going you're going wolves and poker simultaneously and then DVR the Bachelorette or what? No Bachelor Bachelorette on the big screen. Oh yeah, and then wolves on the small screen with poker taking over a little bit later in the night. Okay. So you have two TVs in the living room? Uh, no, just tablet. Oh okay, right. and and phone. I'm uh... used to have the two TV set up for a while at my old place when the wall was. My wall now is just not equipped. Yeah, I had the two TV set up in Milwaukee. I'm, I'm gonna get back to it before NFL season. I'd like a second gets one. Gets back around. It's here, great up, up in my apartment. I'd really like a second one. But do you have a? Do you have a? I understand. I don't watch it. I heard Declan and uh, one of our our, our uh, girls in the office here talking about. It. I understand there was drama on the uh, Dude, the whole on the season. Bachelorette last the whole night. season's been ridiculous, man. It's the Luke. I don't P know about show. you, Judd. 
I would never watch The Bachelorette. For some reason, I enjoy people talking about it. Yeah. Really? I like it. I enjoy it. Well, let me let Which me one let us? me give you this anecdote. <laughs> you guys will like this anecdote, okay? I understand there was sex in a windmill of some sort. There was. Right. There was sex in a windmill last night. That sounds dangerous. Sounds yep. like a drink. <laughs> You guys would actually. I didn't want sex on the beach. I wanted sex no. in a windmill. No, you guys, you guys. The more I think about the storyline that played out, you guys would appreciate this. Okay. So, so Hannah, who Did was another mis- virgin, jump over a wall to not have sex. Close. Okay. All right. Here's what happened. All right. So, so Hannah was Miss Alabama from like four years ago or something. So Hannah's, you know, she's very good looking, uh, full of personality. Sure. And they're down to the final four guys, and one of them is the hated guy of the season, Luke P. He's the bad boy. Luke P. found religion in a shower. He found God in a shower, he says, a couple years ago. I found a lot of things in a shower, but never God. Yeah. What was God doing in a shower? I don't know if it was like in the shower drain, if it was the bar of soap, spoke to him. But he went from, in his words, being very promiscuous and maybe into some drugs and some alcohol and being bad to people to being a born-again Type figure the okay. last few years. So that's kind of the background. All right. Luke P is also very. And nobody likes him. He's very manipulative. He's very judgy. Uh, but he's also very good looking. And according to Hannah, the best kisser of the bunch. Okay. Okay. Wait, that's so, important. so he, he still has these character flaws despite the fact he found the Lord Jesus Christ? That is correct. Okay. This seems, this seems like it's not right then. It's very hypocritical. Yeah. Yep. It's correct. Uh, so we get to the final four here. And, uh, and, and Luke's date was after the other three and this is fantasy suite week so fantasy suite means if you, you want to do an overnight stay with one of the guys <laughs> or all of words. the guys you can uh, you can hand them the, the key to your hotel room or in this one case with one of the guys the that was pilot an interesting guy. choice of hand gesture there by you <laughs> <laughs> this, in, this entire segment is r-rated <laughs> Kids, turn off the AM radio if you're listening. Not sure you are. So here's what happens, okay? Uh-huh. So so Hannah yeah. goes on three fantasy suite dates before the fourth one, which was Luke P. Mm-hmm. And we know, according to Hannah, that she uh, went all the way uh-huh. with at least one of the guys. And all it right. sounds like maybe a couple of them. Oh, she's keeping it a mystery. She was more than kicking the tires on a couple of these other okay. guys, okay? All right. So she gets to the Luke P. date. <laughs> And yeah. you're having a great day together. Sure. And usually what works is you have a full day. It's it's a date day. And then you have dinner together. And then at the end of the dinner, mm-hmm. the bachelorette either hands you the room card or not. Right. Before she can hand Luke P. the room card, Luke P. goes, So, uh, I just got to throw this out there. Um, I really value, now that I have found religion again, I value the sanctity of marriage and making sure that the sanctity is preserved, mm-hmm. even though both of us are not virgins, and we've talked about that. Like right. I haven't, I haven't partaken in four years. He said, "So, <laughs> so he's w- a born again virgin." Yes. Okay. So with that, does that reinstate that card? I don't think so. If I found out that you had gone all the way with any of or all of the other guys, I would probably say peace out. Just so you know. Okay. And she goes, "Excuse me," and they kind of fight back and forth, and finally. Finally, she admits to him, uh-huh. you're damn right I did, after they get into this fight. <laughs> you're damn right I did. It was in a windmill, and it was amazing. In a windmill? I got a lot. No, wait, wait. Now I got a ton of questions. <laughs> Me too. Was this like a mini golf course windmill? What Do we are have... we talking about? What kind of windmill are we talking Bigger about here? Like how... Okay, I know how it works, but how does this work? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they didn't show that part, so I can't. Mike, I just like you to going, going so, around. And, you so, mean a windmill. So hold on. Yeah. So let me finish this part. So so they fight, and she's like, wow, I finally seen what all the other guys are talking about. You're the, this terrible person. You're judgy. Like, you just want, you know, you, you've got this vision in your mind of what you want this to look like, blah, blah, blah. And she says, we're done. You're a terrible human being. It's over. Go away. He goes, so they walk out together, and he's about to get in the limo to, like, be off the show. Sure. And he goes, before before I go, can we pray together? Oh, wow. This is a setup oh, of some wow. sort, can right? We, can we pray together? Like, are, are you taking this for real? <laughs> are you ta- Are you... Are you accepting that this is not scripted at that point? I don't care if it's scripted. I know you don't, but I I'm just saying, do you, are, you, are you buying it? Is it wrestling or are you buying it? I think much like some wrestling, there are nudges in certain areas. And I think I think it's like, I like 50, the storyline. I think it's 50-50. I think producers are saying, let's keep this dude on the show another week, another week, another week. Mm-hmm. But I really think this is how big of a DB he is. And I also think that she was probably... She was probably a. Uh, she was probably. I want a behind the scenes of the windmill thing. I want to know how this worked. And what kind of windmill are we talking about here? I'm so confused. Just Google Bachelorette windmill. Hold on a second. Here, let me find it. And I'm doing it at work and then you too. Can describe I, it I don't to the care. Audience. I don't care at this point. <laughs> I don't care if any unsafe for work pops up. Here we go. Tired of that anyway. Oh yeah. Bachelorette. So it's like a. Hannah and Peter. Peter was the guy. Windmill. Oh, here we go. It's been a dream for me. I feel like our relationship is just like very solidly progressed. Hold on. By the way, why does everybody on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette talk like this? Well, the- everybody uses this voice. It used to just be the women on the show. Now they all do it. Yeah, this Peter guy, man. That sounds like our podcast from WTOP. <laughs> <laughs> they are brutalized. In the windmill. So I'll ex- I'll explain the windmill to you guys off the air. All right, no more bachelorette time. Oh, Join me and Dan Terhar this Saturday night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United in Rail Salt Lake. Pre-game at eight thirty p.m. Kickoff at nine right here on Score North on AM fifteen hundred ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Thank you, Jonathan Mackey and Judd with Rami on Score North on fifteen hundred ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app right now. Fifth caller to six five one six four six. 8255 gets a five-pack of tickets, you said, Jonathan? Yes, five-pack. To next week's All-Star Game, July 23rd at CHS Field. The Saints are hosting the All-Star Game. Fifth caller, 651-646-8255 is going to that game. And Score North will be out there leading up to that game, broadcasting live from CHS Field. I don't know if you guys remember, a few months ago, we were talking about the possibility of the hashtag robot umpire takeover. And we joked... That managers would get into arguments with robots and and artificial intelligence would would develop and those robots would start arguing back and saying don't show me up it ha- it happened we were joking about it and it happened and it happened less than a week into the robot umpire takeover experiment amazing of the Atlantic League and guess who the beloved Frank Viola of your wow. Minnesota Twins was ejected from a game because uh, he was not pleased that the home plate umpire, who has the ability, has the power to override calls made by the robot umpire strike zone, was not doing so, and he felt that the uh, the that he should have done so, and Wait. that the robot was getting it wrong. Wait, 
the human umpire is given the authority to because overrule the, because there are there are instances where there is a glitch or it somehow gets it wrong. Like there was in the first game that they played with the robot umpire strike zone, there was a ball that bounced in the dirt, and somehow, some way, the TrackMan data picked it up and called it a strike. Okay. And they overturned it. So there are times where it it will get it wrong. It's rare, but there are times where it will get it wrong. But it should be for extreme circumstances like that, where, okay, like the ball bounces off the plate and up into the strike zone, and the robot thinks it's a strike because it came, you know, doesn't know that the ball bounced. Not if it's like on the edge and it's called a strike. The, the the spirit of that, the home plate umpire does not get to overrule. You know what? I thought that was a strike. Here's uh, here's what happened according to Close Call Sports. They say um, included. Uh, they say with two out and two on, runners on second and third in the bottom of the first inning of the Rockers Revolution game. Revolution batter Ryan Dent took four balls from Rockers starting pitcher Dominic DeMacy. Around one swinging strike for a five pitch walk. Following the at bat, Viola was heard yelling at Detweiler, the umpire, do your bleeping job as the high point pitching coach demanded the plate <laughs> umpire step in to overrule ABS, which had deemed that DeMacy's recent offerings as balls uh, indeed were strikes. Viola then charged out of the dugout. There's a video it. of this. It's hilarious. And attempted to pursue Detweiler, where he was intercepted by third base umpire Bill yeah. Worthington and first base this umpire. Is, this Kyle is so Mays great. This is so great. Man. The, the most hilarious part about well, Frankie's pretty big these days, too. All of this consternation. Like, we're going to test it out in a minor league and we're going to, it's still going to be clunky and, and maybe we'll test it out in the major leagues and spring training at some point and, so baseball has been wringing their hands, and the technology's not there. And well, what do you do if the batter is taller or shorter? And all these questions. And like, meanwhile, I'm watching Wimbledon on Sunday, and I was watching Wimbledon on, on Saturday too for the women's final. I watched both, and multiple times on close plays, or a, a ball would be maybe on the line, maybe not. And Roger Federer would throw a hand in the air, or Serena Williams would throw a hand in the air, or by the way, Novak Djokovic on championship point on Sunday. Threw a hand in the air. And literally less than 10 seconds later, everybody in the world knows the call. Oh, challenge that. Okay, boom. Hawkeye system puts it up on the screen. You see the ball coming in. The court is obviously all diagrammed out with the lines that it needs to be, uh, uh, that need to be correlated with the, the laser system. I, don't even, I have no idea how the technology works. But tennis has nailed it the last 10 years. And baseball have, can't figure it out. They use the same system in soccer for goals. They have basically if there's a close call on a goal, the the ref has a watch on his wrist that basically will just alert him if it's a goal or not no goal and the players look at him if it's if the ball looks like it either didn't cross the line fully or or it did, the ref will look at his watch, it'll signal him immediately that yeah, the ball went across, the ball was like four centimeters across yeah. and it counts as a goal. So play just continues. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not a goal, the ref will be like, nope, play on and the and the players all know that that was a goal. Hockey could have it's too cheap. Yeah. That's the problem. For like offsides? Or, no, or for, for like for goals. Po- okay. No, you you in fact they're going to put in the next couple of years, they're actually going to have electronic pucks that that have that can sense things and give give you data and, and stuff. Yeah. But their problem is you you could you could put in a system fully electronic that if the puck crosses the line fully, something goes off, and that's it. But it costs money. Yeah, I don't, I don't even understand the argument of human element. 
Because every time I tweet this out, and I've started a campaign, hashtag Robot Umpire Takeover, please use the hashtag Phil Mackey. And, and no one, uh, and and no one does, by the way. Please use the You hashtag. never get your hashtag I want, used. I want I mean, you to know, too, that building brands here. in this very studio, mm-hmm. the pioneer of this movement mm-hmm. is now at NFL Network, Tom Pelissero. I believe his was just robot umpires. And the minute this Frank Viola story came across... I got a text with a screenshot of it from Tom Pelissero, like, <laughs> robot umpires, man. But the argument I always get is it takes away the human element of the game. Players make mistakes. Do you want robot players, too? No, I'm there to watch the players. They're the competitors. They're the participants. They're the attraction. So their mistakes should affect the outcome of the game. Umpires and referees are there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to get calls right. The human element of umpires and referees is bleeping up. That's the human element of umpires and referees, and I'm not there to see them. I'm not there to see them have an impact on the game. I don't want them in the spotlight. I don't want them talking to players or coaches. I just want them there doing their job and getting the calls right as often as they can possibly get it right, and guess what? Robots and computers are more accurate than humans when doing this. So why wouldn't you want that? I would say this, because I'm in lockstep with you on this. If if you're somebody who's worried about the human element, well, if you get rid of, you're taking away layers of the game. Don't you want there to be, you know, there's there's character that goes into a blown call here or there. So all I would say is if that's the side of the fence that you're on, whatever your favorite team is, let's say it's the Twins. If the Twins are playing in the American League Championship Series this upcoming October, and it's a two-to-one game. The Twins are down in the ninth inning, and the bases are loaded, and there's two outs, and Nelson Cruz is at the plate. And a hit could win the series and win the pennant for the Twins. And there's a ball. Angel Hernandez is behind home plate. And there's a ball four inches off the outside corner, and Nelson Cruz lays off correctly, and umpire spazzes out and calls that a strike to end the game. You better be okay with it. Yeah, you better not complain, no complain. about. It. That's the human, human element. element, man. But there is no human element. But the problem is, is to me, it's about five guys, and and you just, the you're entire always thing. about burgers. Judd's always thinking about five burgers. guys: Joe West, <laughs> Angel Hernandez, Laz Diaz, CB Buckner, Ron Culpa. Whatever I can do to get them never to work home plate again, and if that means bringing in electronic system, would there be anything better than to force a jackass like Angel Hernandez? to sit behind the plate with a ticker that basically says, Angel, that's a ball. And it, now, now that dumb SOB would try and go against it. He'd be like, oh, no, strike one. It's broken. It's, uh, I know, I got, I got this. But when you look at the incompetence of that group of people, and when you look at the fact that this electronical system could get this right, you go to it immediately. But here's the thing. If you got rid of those five guys, let's say you just like got rid of those five guys, and maybe it'll, the umpiring will just get better, oh. you'd still... There will be five yeah. more terrible right. guys. Correct. Yeah. And humans can't do this. Well, that's... But like you, and the two things you just said are a little bit contradictory in that humans can't do this, and those guys are terrible. I don't think umpires are terrible. I think technology has just no, gotten no. to the point. Those five guys in particular are especially terrible. I've said this before. It's unfair... What we're asking umpires yes. to do. There is no other job on this planet that requires that level of precision that we've left to humans. And you've got a system. There, and, it just doesn't and exist. It's not subjective. Balls and strikes are what they are. I, I completely empathize with, with football refs, right? 
because there's a lot of gray there. You didn't see that hold. You didn't. Well, that's that's subjective. Often, right? Balls and strikes aren't like you can't. The funniest thing is that is um, Eric Gregg strikes him. You know, back in the day, it's amazing. It might be a foot outside, but that's how he calls balls and strikes, yeah. and the players appreciate that. If people haven't seen that video, just go to YouTube or go to Google and type in Eric Gregg strike zone. By the way, did you guys know Frank Viola's on Twitter? Yeah, I had no idea he yeah. was on Twitter. They tweeted how about does it. Frank Viola? Frank well, Viola, he won a World Series. Yeah, have th- only three thousand more followers than me. Than is my he, is he active? What's he tweeting about? Well, he, tweeted, he tweeted about the He tweeted after the game. He said, first time use of TrackMan with at Rockers Baseball at York tonight. Got myself tossed in the first. Problem wasn't TrackMan or was it, or no, problem was, was it TrackMan or was it Human Strike Zone? That was the problem. Who or what was in charge? Major problem. Let each team know at all times what's going on. And his wife, Kathy, is also on Twitter, and she tweeted out, somehow my hubby Frank Viola being the first ejection due to TrackMan history does not surprise me. LOL, laughing face emoji. <laughs> All right, Frank, we love you. 87 World Series champ, right? But, dude, you're in the Atlantic League. <laughs> Can more people you're in a league. follow Frank excuse Viola? Me, excuse me, but you're in a league where it's now being tried out that people can steal first base? Let's calm down. This ain't the big leagues. Yeah, now. what's this first stealing first base thing? I saw a headline. If a but, ball, if a ball gets away on any pitch, any pitch on any not pitch, just two you can run to first any base. Pitch. In fact, it was somebody. I think it was a two zero count wild pitch a couple nights ago. They stole first base. First player to steal first base. And if you and, and the at bat is over, you're either safe or out. If you're out, bat's you're over, out. right? Yes. Correct. Okay, if let me ask you guys this. If you didn't have a hundred years of baseball wiring in your heads and baseball was just starting right now, and they said, Hey, if a ball if this. a ball gets away, you can steal first base. Actually, this I, has I kinda like it. This has nothing to do with my baseball wiring. Why would anybody do that? Why would you do that? With with today's data and analytics that we have at our fingertips, that's the same thing as bunting when they put on the shift. The, a team will happily let you bunt and take first base when you put on the shift because far further things could have happened. Like even Byron Buxton, the fastest guy in baseball, he'd rather hit a double than steal first base. Well, but they would never Okay, but you're you're assuming I think you're assuming that here's the, the trade-off isn't well we'll let you bunt and get on base every single time. They're saying we'll let you attempt to bunt and some of the time we will get you out even when you attempt to bunt. But no team would sit there and say, "Oh yeah, sure, like bunt at a one thousand batting average and right. just keep the change." And moving. if it's a a two zero wild pitch that goes to the backstop, you're gifted first base. Yeah, like if if you if the ball gets away and you take off and get thrown out, that's dicey. But if you are are going to be gifted these days, oh man, how am I sleeping? Yeah, I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept, Phil Mackey. Thanks to my pillow and the fact that the robot umpire takeover will be here soon. After hearing about my pillow for years, I finally took the plunge, got one for myself. Got one for the girlfriend. I was instructed to not touch it and not allow my dog to touch it until she got here. So I got the dog his own my pillow bed. Now we are a my pillow household. I love my my pillow. I fall asleep faster and better than ever before because their patented interlocking fill adjusts to fit how you sleep. You can even throw it in the washer, throw it in the dryer. It comes with a sixty day money back guarantee. So if for whatever reason you don't like it, you will. But if you don't, you can get a full refund. And my pillow has a ten year guarantee. 
guarantee. Ten years on a pillow. That's crazy. What do you have to lose? And right now you can get two pack, a two pack, excuse me, of my pillow premiums for sixty nine ninety eight. That's only thirty four ninety nine per pillow. That's right. per pillow. It's their best offer ever, and it's still the best pillow out there, and it's still made right here in Minnesota, and you can get two of them for $34.99 a piece. It's a great deal on the best pillow you'll ever buy. I love MyPillow. I know you'll love yours, so go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio special tab at the top right corner, and enter the promo code NORTH to activate your savings, or give them a call at 800-620-4439. Again, that's MyPillow.com, promo code NORTH. Better sleep is Waiting for you. Get two premium my pillows for their lowest price ever, just $34.99 a piece. Go to mypillow.com and enter the code North. 544 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this hour's download. Something that you can download from us, the Score North mobile app. Something that's happened on there is called Appy Hour. This Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on the Score North mobile app. Score North is giving away a four-pack of Twins-Yankees tickets for Tuesday, July 23rd. All you have to do for your chance to win is open the Score North mobile app between 4 to 6 p.m. this Thursday and enter to win. Don't have the app? No problem. Just download it. Register and enter for your chance to win through Listener Rewards. Your only window to win these Twins and Yankees tickets is between 4 to 6 p.m. on Thursday with the Score North mobile app and score north's happy hour that's been your score north download now back to the final segment of Mackie and judd with rami awesome let's get pat in here we wrap with royce every single day so pat byron buxton to the seven day concussion list rosario and crone are activated and the twins cleared another spot on their 40-man roster down to 37 making room for pitchers maybe a trade yeah, it could be. Mike Morin got cut, and he yeah. had pitched too badly, but he wasn't a, he wasn't one of the guys that they wanted to use in clutch situations, I guess. So uh, yeah. I don't know. I got to think something's going to happen, though. Don't shoot, because I don't see him playing with the four man bench here the way uh, the way they like to operate and protect their bullpen and the use they've had to give Taylor Rogers. So this could be a one day deal. They might have something coming up. Yeah, I think I, so. I don't know. Yeah. Could be could be in the next day. Uh, I don't I don't know what what it would be. I would I would imagine they might be uh, you know seeing trying to make a prospect in a Jonathan scoop uh, scope trade uh, with somebody so they could play the kid at second base might be uh, what they're up to. I don't know. I don't know if there, there's no market for scope by himself that maybe he can throw him in some kind of a deal. I don't know. Yeah, I said yesterday on the Twins show, Pat, that there aren't too many guys that are helping you win baseball games right now that I would consider trading. But with the rise of Luis Rise, wow. I, I would. You just I, did that to say rise. Wow. I would. Cons- yeah, I would. Did. I would consider. I would. Cons- I would listen to offers for Jonathan Scope right now. Oh, there's no offers to be had. You're gonna. You know, you're gonna get a. You know, it's just a little bit of a sweetener. You're not gonna get. You're not going to get a... Well, I mean, I would listen to offers that included Jonathan Scope. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for a, you know, you know, a marginal relief pitcher, you can maybe trade him. But uh, the, the trouble is that the, the contenders have second basemen and non-contenders don't want him, right? Who, who doesn't have a second baseman? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the problem, you know. If you're, you don't want a 28- or 29-year-old guy 
to play second base when you're a bad team like the Tigers or something like that. So I, I don't know. There's probably no market for him. That would be a tough decision to make, though. He's, he's actually been okay, but the, the kid's just better than he is right now. Yes, so he is. It'll be a tough situation. What are we doing there? I didn't. We didn't get the heavy rain here. We uh, we got a little bit, but we didn't get the monsoon in Gold Valley. So uh, I heard the thunder, but Target Field got drenched. Are we going to get delayed there or what? We had two of every animal here, Pat. It was, it was, yeah. it was aggressive. Oh, yes. Yesterday it was horrible here. So uh, I'm worried about my basement, Roycey. I'm worried about the basement. Because if it floods, listen, I don't know what to do. Listen, five, six years ago, ever since mine flooded about six years ago and it cost me $12,000, I worry about it every time it sprinkles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, what I worry about is the power so that the sump pump is not operating. And I have a very expensive battery down there, but it's never been tested, so I don't know if it works or not to uh, make the sub pump run. So anyway, if it co- if yes, it costs me twelve grand, Patrick, I'm getting in the car with Don and the dog, and we're driving away, and we're never <laughs> going back to that house. Going to, moving to Vegas. <laughs> I don't know where we're Vegas, going, Vegas. <laughs> but we're not moving going to back Vegas. to our house. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, I get I. I guarantee you, when you check your home insurance, they will tell you that it, it came in from the outside, so they're not uh, liable. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be my guess. That would be my guess. Hey, here's some roster speculation from uh, Derek Wetmore. Just tweeted this. He said Cody Allen is the opener tonight for the Rochester Red Wings. Uh, so I just looked up Cody. So Cody Allen was the closer for the Indians for a few years. Twin for people just who yes. aren't aware, uh, the Twins brought him in as a minor league signing because he got cut by the Angels last month. And he's gone six innings, one run, six strikeouts so far in uh, in his six appearances with Rochester. Maybe that's a how guy that they bring. Up. Tell me how hard he's thrown. I don't know. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, uh, you you could be right too about that too. But uh, you know, why why is he pitching in Double A? Why don't they have him try Triple A? He's Triple A, right? Triple A. He's played Rochester tonight. Oh, yeah. so it is a Triple A. Oh, okay. a Triple A. Yeah. He was at Pensacola, so yeah, that could be it. They're probably running. They're probably giving him a shot. He might have signed with him too, with a two-week deal or something too. You know that uh, you know. Okay, you'll have to make up your mind quick here. Let me know. So that that could that could be. But uh, they took care of him in Cleveland, man. They ruined him, don't you think? I mean, they they pitched him so much a couple of years ago that he was he was bad last year and and unusable this year for. Uh, Angels, right? Wasn't it the Angels? The Angels yeah, paid him bad. too. Yeah, they, they yeah, the eat Angels the salary. Gave him a couple of years. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's bad news. Anyway, so Buxton, uh, we're we're saying it's precautionary. We don't know if he has a concussion or not. Is that the deal or what? I mean, they put him on the concussion DL though, right? So list. doesn't yeah, that mean he has to have, have a concussion? Uh, well, I suppose they could say symptoms. You know, that yeah. might indicate that he might have gotten one. So, uh, I, you know, that guy, man, I don't know what to do. Put him in a rubber suit, some damn thing. <laughs> I'm with you. You know how those, you yep. know how those guys use, you know, he's a damn fast. Put him in one of those sumo suits. There you go. He can still run faster than most guys, right? <laughs> Put him in one like those sumo suits. He runs in the wall. He just bounces off at like 25, 30 feet back. It'd be, it'd be comical. And he still catches the ball. I think it'd be great. It's the di- It's the diving catch, though, Pat. It, it's the, the he didn't run into a wall this time. He spiked his face basically off the ground. 
So you're well, right. I those, give up. Those neck, you know, those neck snaps. Uh, Koski basically he never hit his head on the ground when he basically ended his career because he caught, you know, caught that foul pop up, backing up, fell over, and uh, you know had a little whiplash in the neck and got the concussion. And I think he played three games after that or something like that. Years, a couple of years later, basically ruined his career. So it's a weird. Uh, the brain is a weird thing. Yeah, we've, uh, I don't know, the, I think if you're a Twins fan and you've seen all these guys, it probably uh, it, it probably rings differently for, for you than other fans. Did you see Frank Viola get ejected for arguing with a robot umpire? Guess what? Frank was right. Did you see the graph of the pitchers? I did. Did you I did. see the graph of the pitchers? Three of the pitchers are on the line. If we're going to have the robot umpire, and the robot umpire is not going to call a strike on the line. We got issues. I feel like ba- baseball. Be, it, it's, if you're going to, if you're going to use the box, it's got to be like the goal line in the NFL. If the nub of it is on the line, it's a strike, right? I feel like baseball went to the generic section of whatever grocery store they went to buy this food at. Like, just go buy whatever tennis has. Whatever the system that tennis has, Hawkeye, just implement that, and you'll be yeah, fine. Tennis doesn't it? Tennis, if the ball's what on the line, it's out, right? If it's touching the line it's, at it's, all, it's in. It's, it's no, 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 yeah. no. What, what you don't want in tennis is the ball to be. When tennis, you don't want the ball to be on the line. You want it to be inside the line, right? No, volleyball is inside the line. Okay. Whatever it is. And the NFL is in inside baseball, the line. In baseball, if the bleeping bleep thing touches the line, it's got to be a strike, as we'll be sitting there for three months every game. <laughs> you have to have a machine that calls more strikes and, you know, that always errs on the side of strike over ball, else it's not going to work. Let's name the machine Laz. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Angel, Angel C.B. Diaz. Let's name the machine uh, John Hirschbeck. That's what I want. Let's name the machine Hirschbeck. You can spin and on it. It'll be great. Four, give us about four inches on each side of the plate, and we'll get this game moving again. Guardy gets tossed by it. You know. You're out again, Guardy. You're out again. Oh, You're out of the game. Guardy will uh, have to... He'll be in the in the dugout with a rifle, looking for where the uh, camera is. <laughs> He'll hire a sniper to shoot the damn thing oh. out. <laughs> I didn't realize that poor Frank was stuck at an independent league, though, in High Point, North Carolina, the Atlantic League, huh? I, yeah, he was in he was in AAA uh, pitching coach in Vegas, I think, a couple of years ago, and he was you know the Twins interviewed him for the job here. That's right. Uh, before you know, a while back, so I was surprised. Yeah, point. I was surprised not only that he's in the Atlantic League, Pat, but Judd and Phil have twice the Twitter followers of World Series champion Frank Viola. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There is no justice in the in the Twitter world, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, and plus that Atlantic League, because I've looked at it because of this. You know, they got six teams on the East Coast. Uh, you know, up there in the little Northeast, and then they got High Point, North Carolina, just started this year. That's where Frankie is. And then they got uh, Sugarland, Texas, is the eighth team, and they, that Sugarland, Texas team has been in the league for years. Gaetti coached there, and they would take a trip up, you know, and they'd play on the road for two weeks, and then they'd come home for 
uh, two weeks and played two different teams. They have week long series. The Skeeters. So they, yeah, uh, that's that was Roger Clemens' yeah, pitch for Skeeters. that team. Let's see, geographic mess that Frankie's got himself in there too. But he's right. If the ball's on the line, it's got to be a strike. But it is good that he can be the first guy to get thrown out of a game for arguing with a robot. Yeah, Pat, what is coming up on Royce on Baseball tonight? Uh, TK, uh, uh, Tom Kelly uh, again, and uh, Tim Kirchin, and uh, you will enjoy both conversations. They're very good. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, see you tomorrow. All right, Raven with Royce, and you can find his weekly baseball show as part of the Score North Twin Show anywhere you find your favorite podcast: Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app. And it also airs every single Tuesday night at 6 o'clock here on Score North, right after we're done. So, Frank Viola, man. The Sugarland Skeeters. Yeah. They had Roger Clemens. Yeah. Did Andy Pettit pitch for them, too? Did they have both those guys? Oh, uh, they might have. And didn't uh, didn't Clemens' kid pitch for him? Was it Col- Colby? Colby? Colby Clemens. Did he pitch for him? That's yeah. what I want. I want the Saints to go back to what they did in the 90s. I want a guy like Strawberry back. A guy like Jason Veritek for a few weeks. Well, they had Kevin Millar for one game, and he hit a home run on his first pitch. Well, he started there, mm-hmm. and then went to the bigs, and then came back and homered for him. Yeah, but that was way more fun. I like those days, the big leaguers who like had completely washed out and then tried to get a job, or yeah. or they they didn't sign, they got drafted, got mad, and signed with the Saints for three weeks. That was yeah. fun. Uh, all right, that's all for us. We'll go see if they can squeegee off Target Field here for this game tonight. I gotta go see the mess. That's the Mets. I love this team. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Find us on the all-new Score North mobile app. Well, Scardy, you're probably on air right now, but I was just scrolling through the clips. I saw your stuff on our roster and everything, and how why not keep Chris Herman on the bench? It's about time somebody over there figures it out what I'm trying to do. 